Hey guys, Ainsley from Black Boy Joy Podcast here. Just a quick trigger warning to anyone listening. Um, our following episode does contain conversations surrounding sexual assault, consent, things of that nature. And obviously mental health is important. So if any of that you'll find triggering, then I suggest maybe you sit this episode out. So yeah, just a friendly trigger warning just before we begin this episode. Welcome once more to another episode of Black Boy Joy Podcast. Today is another special episode as me and Ainsley are in the same city, in the same room. So it's me here, Kieran. And me, Ainsley. <laughs> Hi, Ainsley. Welcome to London. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> No, So this is, I'm still on my, um, my first outing from Newcastle since the pandemic. So I've come down to London for the weekend. So it's nice that we can finally have a, a non-virtual, non-glitchy uh, I know, episode. Like, but... Yeah, we don't have to worry about what Zoom, what Vivicide, all of these all of these recording software that we use. Mm-hmm. Is it going to record? Is it not going to record? All of that bullshit is mm-hmm. over. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, but yeah, um, um, people might be able to hear from our voices that we are a bit rough, a bit worse for wear. I think um, there was like one too many Prosecco last night. Yep. <laughs> and now we're hungover in the heat, which is uh, never great. But I know, the weekend that we're recording. Did you know it's going to be this hot over the weekend? No, I didn't check until, not only the day before, I checked the weather. Because it's been so shit recently, I don't even check the forecast. Yeah, it's taken me completely by surprise. But like, when I woke up on Saturday and it was so hot, I was like, great. Yeah. <laughs> But just walking in it, getting on the tube, I was like, I'm going to sound like a moaning non-southerner now, but the air's just dirty. I'm like The air is dirty. Have a shower, and then within two hours I feel dirty again. When just you go like, on the underground, I just think that like, you just expect it. Like It's not even just the underground, though. It's just being in the city. Anyway, let me not moan. Let's be positive. Yay, happy sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right, man. You're saying all this about London, and every like every five episodes you're always talking about moving here. I know, one yeah. is it? I can criticise criticise somewhere and also want to live there at the same time. <laughs> we can't criticise the place you don't live there. So is that the wrong off, mindset? Off, that, off, off limits. And have positive thoughts and that will turn to positive action. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, we've had... Um, so we did the episode right near the beginning of the podcast. We went the Newcastle gay scene. Um, we went to the London gay scene last night, but it wasn't really a, a proper visit. So originally when we um, planned this weekend... I think it was supposed to be the 21st of June when everything was opening back up again. So by the time we got around to July, we thought it would be back to all, back to whatever normal is. Mm-hmm. Like, go into any pubs or clubs you want to. Um, mm-hmm. And we thought we might have a look at the London gay scene. We ate out in Soho, but after that, I think it just turned out, it was just a house party after, wasn't it? Because everyone was like, oh, bookings only, or all, all were full. And, of course, that doesn't really work for a night out because you want to just freestyle it and see where the night takes you. Yeah. Oh, I think we'd planned the one in Newcastle we called like on the scene Newcastle. Um, if we really wanted to do like an on the scene Soho episode, mm. and I just don't think this this weekend was it. No. Uh, um, like you were saying, when we like when we were planning it, when we like booked to come here, we thought things would look different. We thought um, that everyone would be able to be out again, 
dance floors would be back open again. Mm. So we could get like more of a traditional, um, a traditional experience of the gay scene mm-hmm. in Soho, which wasn't quite the case. Although now it probably is, because um, like it changed a lot to accommodate like the virus and like all the social distancing. Mm-hmm. So um, Old Compton Street, which is like one of the main streets where all the gays congregate. Um, now they've like it's blocked off all car, all um, entries and exits for cars, and the restaurants and bars have like put that like set up chairs and tables yeah. and um, parasols out. So like everyone's outside, everyone's having a good time. So it looks quite lit to be honest with you. It looks very lit. But yeah, we it, have to. Yeah, it's the downside is that to get to get a seat in any of these places, you have to book like weeks if not months in advance which just i think one it doesn't always suit because your plans can change and also i find when you have things booked and not official from a long time before there can sometimes be more of a danger of anti-climax mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it's a bit too, like it's on your mind too much coming up to it rather than just thinking oh let's do this today and then and then being able to do what you want and go to where you where you want to without having to worry about oh have we booked a place but it's fine. I still, I still had a good time, and there'll be other weekends and excursions. Well, that we can do that, yeah. Exactly for sure. I want to go to another. I want to go to Pride, or Pride, or a scene in a city that we're not really familiar with. I think that would be interesting. It's got to be Manchester, isn't it? We've talked about it before. Yes. That's a logical choice. I guess. I feel like it's pretty much is it like halfway between me and you. Um, or is it a bit further north? Probably is a bit. I think it's about halfway. So, I think that's, yeah, that's well. Well, near near enough halfway, so let's do Manchester at some point, we'll see. But like the way that like COVID is COVID in <laughs> at the moment, I don't know that like, even even when we get our Freedom Day in inverted commas, which is supposed to be tomorrow. Nineteenth of July. Nineteenth yeah. of July. I just can't see like I just I find it really hard to imagine like everyone like everyone being like in a sweat box that's like a mm. nightclub. Everyone dancing, grinding on each other. I just can't see I can't see being like that. I don't know. I th- I've I think well living in Newcastle, of course the culture there. People love a, a good night out. Like it's a it's a firm part of the culture. I think one of your mates said that Soho's opening the opening night clubs up well tonight at midnight. So technically tomorrow morning, but midnight and people are going out on the Sunday night. I th- I wouldn't be surprised if a similar thing was happening in Newcastle. Mhm. Mhm. Last week, I think it was last week or the week before, um, we went to. And uh, like it was like a night called it was like a daytime thing called Arvin She. Mm-hmm. And it's like a very, very simple concept. Like it's in Waterloo. They had like two DJs that were like on rotation with each other. Mm-hmm. And they were playing R and B music and like you're supposed to sit down like on your seats, eat mm. like drink, eat food and whatever. But obviously everyone like because everyone's just been like stuck indoors and like, yeah. be, like everyone was trying to like start dancing with each other and shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> And like, people trying to like, try like, dance on tables, like security, like running round after people. That sounds very familiar. Because they were going, yeah, because people were like, just going for it. I went to, I went out in Newcastle last weekend um, and I met a dude who I'd been speaking to literally just a few days beforehand and he came up to visit because he had other people to see. Um, but he was really fixated on going to the scene in Newcastle, which I haven't been to actually since the start of COVID. Um, so it was a similar story there, like it was a really busy night out. But everywhere we wanted to go to, I'd had a massive queue or his bookings only. Mm-hmm. But um, 
we ended up in like the, one of the main like well, it's powerhouse or like the big gay club in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we have an experience. We with have powerhouse. We have indeed. Yes, but it was similar to what you're saying. So it's it's like all tables and benches inside, and had a DJ and a big screen for um whatever music it was playing. The music video for it was playing on the projector. Um, but the the guy I was with, he got told off at one point because he, he started standing up and dancing. He was like, oh, you know, just you can't do that yet. In a week's time, yes, but now we have to sit down. Yeah. So literally, it's just like sort of chair dancing. Yeah. Um, it was a very strange concert, and we paid twenty pounds each to get into. Oh my sorry, god! I didn't pay. He paid because I was like, I was like, if I have to pay to get into a club, to sit down. I'm not doing that. But he didn't seem to care, so I was like, okay, cool. I'll accept your generous offer. But twenty. He paid for. He must have. He must have liked you. What? Twenty pounds for the privilege of sitting down. In a club, do you club. think I'm paying twenty pound for someone I don't know? I wouldn't pay it for, for, pay for myself. It must have been mossy like you, man, didn't it? It was an interesting date, actually. Um, well, I say date. I think it was a date. We we went for food at first, then it turned into let's get some drinks. Then we went back to his quickly, and then went back out, and then hit the clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it's a strange experience because I just found myself. I don't know how deep I want to go with this, but like, <laughs> I found myself engaging things I haven't in about five years, namely like bottoming. Oh, and okay. Yeah, and I, st- I remember why I haven't done it in a while now, but it, it wasn't planned. Um, and I can't, I think I was pretty high at the time, which, you know, people warn you about, you know, responsible sexual behavior when you're like intoxicated. Yeah. This was a prime example when I was just like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Um, but do you regret it? Uh, regret's probably a strong word, but if I could go back, I wouldn't have done it. Put it that way. Really? Yeah. What was that like? What? What? No, I, th- I think I just. I think cause it's just someone I've just. It's gotten very heavy all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's someone I've just met. And you know how I feel about intimacy, especially like you know, having especially that. You won't understand because you're a top anyway. But I get what you're saying, but. Like, what no like what I'm struggling with is that like you had sex with me because you wanted to have sex with him. I did, but I didn't want to go that far. But if you didn't want to go that far, then why then why didn't you stop? This is the question, Ainsley. This is the question. So okay, so this is so this is the question then. Is. So if you end up having sex with this guy, you didn't want to have sex with him, and you because and like that to be clear, it was consensual. It was it like consent. This is the thing. Can can. Consent is a blurry topic because he kind of he was consensual up to a point, and then I feel like I was pressured into doing anal. But where I was able to put more resistance if I was sober, when you're high, you kind of go with the flow. But even though you don't really want to do it, but you still find yourself saying yes. But you, it's not like an enthusiastic yes. Right. Um, and it kind of just happened. Um, and also, this is what really pissed me off in hindsight was that I said to him, like, "If you're gonna do that, like you know, we need to be using a condom kind of thing." Yeah. Um. And that didn't happen. What? And I remember, I do remember saying, like, you know, only with the condom. I think he was, he was about to start. Like, oh, I don't think I'm too graphic, but he, he was trying to start. And I was like, no, not that condom kind of thing. I've just met you. Um, and so we stopped for a bit. Then we tried again. And because and he, he, he really wanted to. And I was, again, because I, I, I was quite high. And I think this is anyone listening, like, you know, just make sure if you're going to be taking your extracurricular substances, just be careful who you're around. Because I know with me, um, I know what's going on and stuff, but I just know that my kind of my defenses were a bit lowered. So hold on, did he use a condom or no? No, he didn't. No. Okay. Then, All I'll, right. I'll so... get to, I'll get to the sexual health bit after. Don't worry. But, okay. Um, 
But that's the thing, because I said, he goes, okay, I'll use one. And then he started, he's, behind, he's in the dark room. And then he said, after him, he goes, oh, I'm not borrowing a condom, by the way. Is that all right? And I was like, well, five minutes ago, I said. Had he or had he already gone inside? Yeah. But but he, but he had condoms on him, right? But he didn't put it on. So I'm like, I think I actually did get stealthed. You did get stealthed? But like, he kind of, it's a bit because he confessed halfway, like, you know, a few minutes into it. But I'm like, you know, I was very clear a minute ago, like, if you're going to do it, you need to put a Johnny on. Yeah. Um... I mean, the fact is, alright, so wait, the way you're saying it to me, the facts are that you were in a situation with this guy already that you were mm. uncomfortable with. You told him, it sounds like once, more than once, mm. to wear a condom. He didn't wear a condom. You were stealthed. Yeah. I mean, you could go to the police, to be honest with you. I'm not going to go that far. Like, I'm just... not saying that you should. Yeah. But I'm saying that, like, I think this is something that we should probably take a bit more seriously. Um, no, I'm taking it seriously, but I guess my way of talking about it is, well, trying to get over it is to maybe, I'm, may, oh, I'm only a bit flippant about it because it's a, it's a coping mechanism I get. But however, after that, right, so um, I carried on for a little bit longer, but then I was just like, nah, because obviously because I'm bottom age and I had a massive dick as well. I was just like, this is just too uncomfortable kind of thing. Yeah. And I wasn't enjoying it. Um, but then after he showed me, like, his recent results and stuff and whatnot, but I mean... It's still not, I'm, I'm going to test soon anyway. Um, I've got like a kit on the way. Yeah. Um, so he, he assured me like, you know, he's not had sex since his test result, which was two weeks ago. Yeah. But even still, like, I just don't, it shouldn't have even been a question. I didn't want to do anal in the first place. That's blurry because I kind of, you know, if you don't want to do it, you just start like, no, kind of thing. Whereas kind mm-hmm. of, I was kind of a bit torn in my head. Yeah. I think it's when people, I've heard, I've heard um, Aloni, the sort of sex, or influence, she just also talks about sex work a lot. Yeah. Um, she's, is a term I've, I've seen her use, is like, about enthusiastic consent. Mm-hmm. So even though someone says yes, it has to be very clear that they really want to do it. Yeah. Rather than like a kind of, um, kind of like giving in to someone pestering at you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's yeah. the thing, like, I know when I'm sober, I know I'm quite strong headed. Especially at this age, when I was younger, maybe not so much, but I'd just be like, oh no, fuck off, I, like, you know, stop what you're doing kind of thing. But when I was a bit high, you kind of, like, I, st- I, can st- I still have agency, but it's like I have less agency. Right, um, yeah. And I don't want to find myself in that position again. But that's, this was all unplanned, but it's it's strange how you can have sort of ideas in your head about how to act in certain situations, but then when you bring, like, obviously drugs or alcohol into it, that becomes much less simple. Yeah. Um... So I don't know. I was a bit annoyed about it. Like I said, I've got a home test kit on the way. He showed okay. me he showed me his results and stuff. So I'm kind of, I'm a, that provided some reassurance. But I'm thinking it shouldn't have even got that far to be honest. And from when I've said you need to put a condom on, he's like, okay, cool. And I actually saw your condoms and lube and everything. But then a few minutes after, he goes, oh, I don't have one on. By the way, I'm like what the fuck? That's that like that is completely unacceptable. I think yeah. Like if we just start with the stealthing aspect of it, that's completely unacceptable. At the end of the day, you made it clear to him. Even like what his what his test results is or his disclosure to you is, I don't think is important at the time. It's not no, yeah. It's um, it's it's boundaries. It's like it's your boundaries, and you had to set a clear boundary that this person yeah didn't like didn't adhere to, didn't follow. So I think I want to say that I'm I'm so sorry that happened to you. Mm. I yeah, it's 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 horrendous to be honest with you. So. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry you had to experience that. That's oh, not what. You. That's not what sex should be about. It's not. No. It's just. It's, this is what happens when you uh, mix substances in it. I guess. I but guess. But like, I kind even of even without don't that. Want to, yeah, I kind of want to take the like the the substances that like you being high. 
put, put that to a side for a second. Because mm-hmm. you can't, maybe you can make the argument that like you could have made maybe better choices to not have yourself in a situation. Yeah. But the point is that it, it's not you. It, it wasn't you. Mm. Like it, like you being under influence isn't isn't didn't make this happen to you. It yeah. happened to you because someone did it to you. Yeah. So I think I want to make that clear first. Thank you. With um, after you had sex with him, uh-huh. like you were aware, so he didn't finish either because I said I stopped because uh, after a while I was just like, no, I'm, I'm not really feeling it. It's just too uncomfortable kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I've, I've said to you before that I'm, I would only be doing that stuff like that in a relationship usually. Like that's mm-hmm. why I kind of don't go that far usually. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get how weird I sound to like all the guys out there who love stuff anal, which is fine, but it's just not usually my back kind of thing. Well, usually um, it'd be like, people would enjoy it under different circumstances, so. Yeah. Not if, someone that just met, well, for some people that's fine, but for me, I'm like, if I just met you, like, nah. Yeah, but know. like, because obviously when you first started, like started with the conversation, oh, you were talking as if like, you met this guy, you went, you had sex, and then like, afterwards, you started to regret for whatever reason, but my line of question would have been that if you both wanted to do it mm-hmm. and you both got something out of it, then like there's nothing there's nothing for you to be ashamed of mm-hmm. or nothing to feel any type of way about. But now I realise that it's a bit it's a bit more complicated than that. Yeah. Because there were big it sounds to me like real issues of consent yeah. that when were, were not adhered to. No. Um, what I did want to ask you is that like I just wanted to make sure that you're aware of like everything that you can like everything that you can do if you're in a situation like that afterwards. Because mm. um, in obviously in our, our community we know about prep what you take yeah. before you have sex. Yeah. But if you're in a situation where you've had unprotected anal sex mm-hmm. and you feel that you may be whatever whatever reason at risk, you can go to um, to a sexual health clinic or to A and E. And they can give you pep. See, that that's is... the thing. I don't know. I wasn't didn't even know you get that from A and E. You know. Yeah. Um, but I think you get it if you on if you're if you're exposed to someone who's like who's known to carry yeah. the virus. Yeah. Um. So I wasn't sure if it applied because I, I think let me think. This was like a Saturday into a Sunday. So on the Sunday, like after I'd woken up and I was kind of a little bit less hungover. Um, I looked online. I was just thinking like you know where because I've never been tested in Newcastle because like. All the time I've lived here, I've never had, well, I've never had, like, penetrative sex. I know that's, obviously, it's not just that you have to worry about, of mm-hmm. course, and mm-hmm. everyone should get tested regularly. I'm not going to, you know, I don't sound like a hypocrite. But, um, so it's never been, like, an urgent thing, because I've never had unprotected anal sex since I moved up here. Mm-hmm. Or ain't much less anal sex pretty much at all in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked at where to go to. There's a case of, oh, they've got a waiting list, and you can go in on this certain day, or um, they'll have a home test home test kit ready for you to collect in, like, mm-hmm. 10 days' time or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know about the PEP pill. But yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know where you could get it from, and I thought you had to be with someone who was actually being diagnosed with HIV. Not necessarily. Mm. So, like, if you'd contacted them and, and basically explained to them what you explained to me, yeah, they would have, like... I, I can't say they would have recommended you you take it mm-hmm. but they would have had it as an option for you to take just in yeah. case yeah it's out if this person has shown you their like their test results for two weeks ago mm-hmm. then it sounds like you don't you like you don't really have uh, I don't want to say you don't have anything to worry about but it sounds like it's, you're it's, not in you're not in danger you're not in it provides danger. some reassurance but you can and I, th- I think he's been honest yeah, because I think after well after when we were discussing the next day, he said oh, I didn't mention the fact oh you know did it without without asking me because I don't know, um, 
but he did when I said to him I'm going to get a test he was like but he, but he, kept, he was adamant that he was like you know clear and he was also saying to me like oh does he have to worry about anything kind of thing because uh-huh. when, when he saw that I was urgent that I really wanted to get a test uh-huh. um, I kept thinking well you know it was you that forced it so even if even if I had like a, a status I wasn't aware of like you know you can't be vexed about it it was your own initiated things but I think the fact he was slightly worried, thinking, "Oh, do I need to get tested again or something?" I think that would show he was actually being honest. And he said he was being honest enough front, but it's not the point because it shouldn't have happened in the first place. Yeah, I don't like it's it's annoying. It's, 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 it's like I don't feel like I don't feel sad or a victim thing. I just feel like it just kind of pisses me off that it happened yeah. and I didn't do it well, and that like, I'm not blame myself completely, but you just feel a bit violated, isn't it? Yeah, That's, yeah. God's sake, man. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Key. Oh, that's not I wasn't that's expecting. Fine. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that to come out of your mouth. To be honest with you. No, I don't. But you're the first one I've spoken to about it. To be fair. Yeah. So, yeah. Because only it's only a week ago. So it was like well, today Sunday was like Saturday last week. Yeah. Um, I think well. I think it goes. This goes into kind of like an ever green, ever growing topic of mm. consent. Yeah. And you were put into a situation last week that I think if. Like if things if he had sought the right content, you wouldn't have been like you wouldn't have been in. Yeah, wouldn't be having but, this conversation. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah. But yeah, like I said, I think the main thing is that one, you're not to blame, so it's not your fault mm-hmm. that this happened to you. Two, as long as you make sure that your own sexual health, because uh, at the end of the day, like it's you've been put into a situation, but it's our responsibility. Yeah. To make sure you look after it and make sure that we're all informed. Yeah. On for it. For sure, for sure. And just yeah, like I said, it's a shame that's ha- that's had to happen to you because like I said, that's not what sex should be, is it? No. I thought I was past those years of like, you know, having sex I didn't enjoy to please someone else. Yeah. Um, which which was what was happening in my late teens, early twenties, which was ages ago. Um which just goes to show you can't take kind of um what you th- you think you've set up sort of like measures in place with yourself and how to how to control yourself you can't take that for granted it still needs continuous work yeah and it's not so if they're not kind of um skills i've had to exercise in a long time it's like they kind of vanished from me i don't know like i said i, I know being high was partly to do with it but it it could have happened sober yeah so yeah just one i think it's more of a cautionary tale to anyone listening just to like you know to really be firm when you're telling people what you are and aren't comfortable with mm-hmm. um for sure. Even if you are caught up in the moment. I think, well, I think that anyone who is having sex or in a sexual situation, you would want them to feel, like, happy, confident enough mm. in their own skin to be able to be very forthright about what it is that you want and what it mm. is that you don't want. Yeah. And when it gets to those situations, to be able to communicate that to your partner. Mm-hmm. Because if you're in a situation where you're not that way, where you're doing things that maybe you're you're not sure you're okay with or or you didn't want to happen, then it's just it's such a slippery slope from then. Yeah. No, for sure. I think I need to talk to him about it as well. Talk to the guy? Yeah. We've only spoken, like, a little bit, I think, because apart from that, we did have, like, an all right time, but I don't think, you know, I'm, it won't be happening again. This guy complete trash, Kieran. Yeah. So, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the occasion with the trash label is warranted. Like. Yeah, no, completely. Yeah, <laughs> we, I feel like I use the um, I use the term trash like very loosely. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I think the term trash is, isn't strong enough for this yeah, person. But... So if you have any any interaction with him again, 
maybe we'd bear that in mind. Yeah, I, I don't mind talking, but I'm not going to meet up with him again. Um, or if we do meet up, I'm just going to be aware that it would only ever be as friends because I don't want to be I, in that situation again. I what? just don't. Yeah, I just think this. Like, I, I just this isn't going to be the first time he's done this to someone, is it? Probably not. No, I think it's when people kind of think you're kind of into it, but it just should, it shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't have come to that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I thought I was past these kind of like I, said, I, I thought I'm past this stage in my life where you're not, you kind of have a sex that you're not happy with. Um, but I think I, I kind of think that um, that's a bit of a myth that like as you get older, you're always gonna like you're always gonna know exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. You're always gonna be this like re- like I said like for lack of a better term like this bad bitch when it comes yeah. to sex. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That um what like all the all of the songs that we hear all the yeah. um like all this what Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B songs that we hear yeah I've kind of think that that perpetuates a bit of a fallacy that everyone is like just everyone is just on top of this shit and yeah and everyone's just... sucking and fucking and doing everything everything yeah. they want at every time and I just, I don't think it more I don't think it is the case yeah as much as we hear it is yeah and I think when it comes to like the the subject of sex. I just think it's so hard to have an honest conversation, an honest, real conversation. Not just with partners, but even with friends, even with yourself, mm. about, like, how you feel about a situation. Like, are you okay with something? Are you not? Like, how confident do I feel? How do I not? Because especially with men, I feel like when we have sex, when we talk about or engage in sex, you, you just have to put this veneer of just being ultra ultra confident yeah and i think that affects us more as black men as well mm. not for sure because we're kind of expected i think we've i think i've spoken about this even various other people where it's kind of like you have to be so that you're really strong that like you're really dominant or something or mm-hmm. like, you know or you're proudest in the bedroom yeah i've never really been fussed about what people think of, like from being about me in that regard but there's there's an expectation putting you whether you want it or not. Yeah, um, exactly. To, yeah, and it even comes down to like mundane conversations about sex. So you have to kind of play the game and like there's you have to have a certain level of banter about it. Yeah, and you can't really make yourself vulnerable when you talk about these kind of things. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's but like thing. that was kind of the reason why like on our social media I didn't advertise being a top mm. because I didn't want to be like feeding into the same stereotypes about black men. Yeah, that people are just so like so quick to put on put on us. Yeah, and even though like even though I top, sometimes like I I sometimes I'm not with one that's like this. they just so dominant or yeah. just so like gonna throw someone around or yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, I, it made me uncomfortable because it made me uncomfortable sometimes identify myself that way because like I said, I just feel like people have expectations for me. There's yeah, there's a lot of is that that word you say top. Yeah, of, like connotations people throw onto it. Yeah, and all it means is like you know your position in the bedroom. That's yeah, all, that's like, all it actually like, means. Yeah, like, like in when you have sex, if two men are if men are having sex with men, it means that you more likely will be the insertive partner. Yeah, and the other person will be the receptive partner. Yeah, and that's like that's the beginning and the end of it for me. So like I don't take uh, any of that 
outside the bedroom. Mm. I don't like, I don't identify myself as like a top or dom top yeah. outside of those situations. Exactly, like, you know, I've always had to pay for the bill when you eat out with your boyfriend. Mm, like, that kind of, say, like, yeah. that kind of nonsense. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're the one that has to drive them around. Yeah, deep in the, <laughs> Meet them at the airport, deep yeah. Enough, yeah. <laughs> I bound myself up to Steve, head to head to a normative <laughs> standard. Shite, yeah. Yeah, when, when both of us have a dick and both of us have an, ass, have an asshole. So, <laughs> yeah. Like, which one's a woman now? Yeah. It's deep in us. I ain't got no time for that. But yeah, yeah. I guess like, uh, before like before we move on from it, I just want to check that you are okay. I am, no, I am. I think I'm going to talk to him. Not to not to have out or clear the air, but I think just to make sure that wasn't okay and it's probably... So now I'm not really interested. Well, I don't know because I wouldn't want to see him any kind of romantic or sexual sense again. I know that for sure. But then I think, is it even worth being friends? I mean, it's someone I've only just met as well to be friends. It's not like there's a massive friendship to to salvage and like to protect, and something that's been really valuable in my life for a long time. I've met him once, so I would say no. Just cut him off. Yeah, I think yeah. If you want to like, if you want to talk to him, fine, like yeah. fine. But I think you need to dead it. Like the to have any kind of relationship with you, respect needs to be maintained on both sides. Mm-hmm. And respect wasn't maintained on his side from the very yeah, from and the there's no and there's no excuse. Yeah, there's no excuse that he can give about it either. Mm. So yeah, I don't know this person, mm-hmm. but um, if I'm a different if a different type if a different kind of person, I think maybe we should maybe we should pull up on this. Yeah. On this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just strange how these things happen though because it's never you have an idea when you see. Oh, you know what, though? You watched I Made Destroy You, didn't you? I was about, literally, I was about yeah. to bring up I Made Destroy I knew, You. I, knew, I think I knew stealthing was a thing, but I didn't know it had a name until I watched... I think it's probably the first episode, you know? It's one of the first few episodes where it's... Um, it's early on. It's, I don't yeah. think it's the first episode. But, it's pretty early on. But the thing, like... The interesting thing about I Made Destroy You, which I was going to come on to, is that in the show, the guy that she has sex with, he's stealthing, He's kind of like the way you described it. He was like a nice person. Yeah. He was well respected. He was like an academic. Yeah. He was that person where like if allegations like that came out about them, you just, you just wouldn't believe it because like you didn't think yeah. this would be the I type of person. The, the book he writes, I can't remember what exactly it's about, but it's very kind of like, you know, like liberal, like very yeah. new age, kind of like new yeah. thinking. And I think he was like one of those men who like self-identifies as a feminist and things mm. like that. Yeah. And even then, even with all of that, he still, he still stealthed it. He still assaulted, like sexual assault at the mm-hmm. end of the day. He still did it. And I think that is something to bear in mind with this person as well. Uh, mm. No matter how they present themselves to you, you know, like, you know the truth now. Anyone's capable of bad things, yeah. Well, every, every, everybody is capable of, of everyone's capable of, of crossing a boundary, of doing something bad. Yeah. Um, doing something to hurt another person. But I don't think, I, I personally have never been in a situation where I would stealth someone mm-hmm. or just treat someone in, in that kind of way. It's never happened to me before, no matter what, no matter under any influence of alcohol, mm-hmm. any influence of drugs, anything like that. Mm. So why would it, so... Why is it why is it different for him? Yeah. And so yeah, he doesn't get he doesn't get an easy way out of it. No. I don't think I, I don't want to talk to him to reach a solution. I think it'd just be a case of to be about like he did this and that wasn't right. Mm-hmm. It'd just be a case of that really. It's not a case of I'm not asking him to. Very I'm not much. asking him to reflect or anything. I'm just asking I'm just gonna say this is what it is, and I, I'm I'm not gonna really listen to anyone I'm trying to persuade me that oh that you know, 
it, you consent. He's like, no, if I said you can do it again, if you use a condom, and then a few minutes later, I don't have a condom on, by the way. I was like, are you fucking serious? Like, yeah. You get caught up in the moment, obviously, it's high as shit. Yeah. Um, but I won't put myself in that situation again. Sorry, no. That's not the way to think about it. I'll know what to do when I'm in that situation again. Not, I won't put myself in it because that sounds like I'm blaming. It's my, all my fault kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, like I said, I could exercise prudence. Because um, I don't usually sleep with people I've just met as well. Um, but it's not like a solid rule. Mm-hmm. So I can't even say, oh, that's what went wrong. That's what I shouldn't have done. Um, but that's the thing. I think in this, you can meet people really fast in all these apps, but it takes a long time to know somebody. It takes years. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, you know, doing something really, something really intimate with someone who you have literally just met yeah but i think that kind of goes back to like if you're going to be in situations like that you need to kind of be confident enough to be able to state clearly what it is you do and don't want yeah because if you're dealing with a stranger someone you don't know mm. it's just always if there are boundaries to be crossed isn't it yeah and if it does happen it could just lead to so many so many bigger problems down the line yeah. Obviously, I would never sh- like I would never shame someone for having a one night stand or just having sex with someone else. I've done it, so yeah. so I, I can never I can never see judgment of anyone. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I guess it's I guess I feel like maybe I've been a bit more of a privileged position because I have been a top. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm more in control in a certain type of sense of like when things start and stop yeah, and what happens yeah. and doesn't happen. Yeah. But if you're a bottom, if you're a receptive partner, that that might be a bit trickier to negotiate. Yeah. Which is why the drug prep is so handy. <laughs> That's the thing. You know what? I'm one of these people that I've never taken it because I, like, I don't have sex often enough for that, let alone I don't really have anyone at all. Because mm-hmm. um, I know you have the event-based one where you just have it around the weekend or when you, you have you start having it like a couple of days when you think something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Or have it all the time. I kept thinking, what's the point of having a drug? All, all that all those chemicals going to the body that I'm not, I don't need it or need it occasionally. But anyway, let's, let's draw a line under this. Yeah. Um, well, I think yeah. it is, well, I think it is a good, a good conversation to have about mm-hmm. PEP usage, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because it takes that worry off, I think as well. Well, yeah. And I think, and I think it just gives you, it, it gives you just a bit more control over yeah. like other situations you might be in. Mm-hmm. And you said, like you said that you don't have lots of sex with people. Mm-hmm. So it sounds to me like the event based, um, obviously like prep isn't a solution for everybody mm-hmm. um and it and it depends on, on other people like health and stuff like that mm-hmm. but if you like if you are have are might have sex with someone it's something you can do what you two hours before to a day before you take i think it's two pills mm-hmm. the next day you have one pill day after that have another pill and then you're done you're golden yeah, and um, and it's proven it's proven to be an effective tool again tool yeah. for HIV prevention. Yeah. So I do think it is something that you should seriously have a look into. For sure. Um, actually, you know, there's Prepster that is run by Mark Thompson. Yeah. So uh, Mark Thompson, there's a doctor called Doctor Will Nutland, and Phil Samba, who we've met before. Yeah. They run that, which is a charity that's basically all to do with um, all to do with prep. Yeah. And they have lots of information, um, great information on it. I've actually got um, got a perhaps the tank t- tank top that I'm supposed to take a photo in, okay. for their uh, for their Instagram. So I 
strongly recommend you have a look into it. I'm not Absolutely. saying that you should you need to like go like go down to the um, clinic and get yourself on it. Yeah. I'm not saying that <laughs> in <laughs> today, yeah. Yeah, like immediately yeah. but expeditiously. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it is something that you should be aware of. I think every gay man, every man who has sex with men, I should say, mm-hmm. they should know about so you can make an informed decision on how to one the best way to protect yourself. Yeah. Cool. But yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we had this conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess, I mean, it's too late for a trigger warning now. For it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Talk about anything and everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. On a lighter note... Um, so yesterday, Kim and I went to, like, I guess it's like a friend's, um, had a few drinks there, and it's where I finally admitted that since <laughs> listening to her debut album, I'm like, grow- I'm gaining an obsession for Azalea Banks' music. Yes, the defences are being worn down. Being this is, like, worn down. <laughs> it's been, it must have been about five years plus. Yeah. <laughs> I've resisted. But to be fair to you, because she's so problematic, I think she's undeniably problematic. Uh-huh. I don't think I've given her music a fair chance. And that's the thing, because people, it's not like they, they might they say, oh, she might have good music. However, there's so much going on here with this person. Why would they even want to waste time listening to what they're yeah. Which is, yeah. I, I understand that. I don't, um, if someone wants to separate the art from the artist, that's fine with me. But I, just, I also understand if people... Think I can't ignore how someone's actions and because their music is good. Like if, if people have that position, I'm like, okay, cool, that's fine. Yeah. Myself, I don't have those scruples. I'm like, okay, if the music slaps, the music slaps. So I'm gonna listen to it. Um, but, in a, yeah, I'm like in a really precarious position with Amelia <laughs> Banks because like obviously because I was so strong, I was so happy to <laughs> been in my dislike for her before, but I just can't deny that she's such a talented rapper. I feel like. What from 1991 EP is a great mm. EP, and I feel like Liquid is like one of my favorite songs. And I haven't known it for that long, I've only known yeah. it for like a month or so. He listened to it for years, mate, literally. Uh, uh ni- that, that 1991 EP is amazing. I think my favorite track from it probably is 1991. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the all four tracks on it are very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's like the subject matter, to be honest with you. And I think she does, he says it in a way that just like not many people are, are not many people are mm-hmm. have said or have. I've spoken or rap or written lyrics about and are doing it since. Mm. So now it's just fucking such a shame that like <laughs> you're so you want to you want to like her in peace, basically. Yeah, it, like exactly, exactly. <laughs> and because she said uh, a slew of controversial comments, mm-hmm. like she said that like Cardi B is illiterate. <laughs> She says some awful things about Cardi B. She has, yeah. They, she were, going, they were going back and forth, though. But like, but the thing is, like celebrity beefs. Mm-hmm. I don't mind. I like that like, you do you. I don't care about that. But when it gets to that personal attacks, I think that's the thing with her. She's because she's so creative in her rap and she's very creative with her insults as well. Yeah, and she she goes below the belt and she like really hits a jugular. Yeah, like I, I can't I can't fuck with that man. Yeah, she knows how to really dig deep in her. She <laughs> does. <laughs> she does. Yeah, she really does. I remember you saw, like, I think you, is it you who showed me, uh, um, is it a meme with, you know, like, Derek Jackson and his wife with that, um, that stronghold, mm. like, hand-holding. Oh, right, yeah. And you had, like, Derek Jackson had, like, Azealia Banks and yeah. the woman was, like, black gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. 
Well, she had got us by the neck. Like, gays, the neck. In, gays in general, like she's I think most of the fan base is gay men. She's been so vocal in her criticism of white gay men. Mm. It's, it's part of a brand for a long time, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then, like, she said, like, she spread, like, misinformation about pets that we were just talking about and shit like Oh, that. I remember that. I think she apologised, but... She did apologise. It, 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 it wasn't even misinformation. It was, just, it was, like, blind ignorance at the time. Like, yeah. It was, like, she's... She does get informed on things. She does usually speak about things. She's done the research on, but that was one situation where she came up short and was like, you don't know what you're talking about. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I don't want to call myself an Azealia Banks so. Stan. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, c- I can call myself a Stan, but I'm not... You know people who know all the lyrics to all the songs? Yeah. Um, I, I don't go that far. I told you I'm trying to learn, um, learn all the lyrics to T1T. Mm-hmm. Which is a challenge. It is such a challenging song. Was, like, where do you breathe? Like, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Like learning that song, it feels like you know, like when you were uh, like learning music and you like mm-hmm. learning a piece of music. It feels like it feels just like that. Because mm. learning how to play something, I'd say like seventy percent of it is in the rhythm. Yeah, and that's the same as rapping. Mm. That's for sure. She's she's great. So I'm she's hoping, great. yeah. As people, people who know me know that I love karaoke, so I'm hoping the next time I can do karaoke, I can um I can whip two one two out <laughs> and do it like word perfectly. Yeah. Um, the hardest bit is the first verse, like when to start, and I, I can do that bit now. Uh-huh. So it's just the rest of it that I need I to learn. The last verse is pretty hard too, as well. Yeah. It is, but I feel like the first verse is just like hard to decipher the lyrics, mm-hmm. and it's hard to know like to fit everything in in the, in the time exactly you don't have much room for mistakes do you because she packs so many beats as in like um, I guess you'd probably call it eighth notes or sixteenth notes in American terms like mm-hmm. you know, like quavers mm-hmm. or semi-quavers and stuff mm-hmm. um, really short note like note durations mm-hmm. which will pack a line full of them so if you slip up on one of them it's like you knock the whole line off yeah. you, can't really, you don't have time to recover it yeah. and make sure you're on the beat for the next line it's um that's great. But I've seen that like, I've seen her perform it live mm-hmm. and she does it with the backing. Or with... she someone's doing the last few words of the line, so yeah. she can breathe. Yeah. 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 So and that's a lot easier to be mm. fair. That's a lot easier to do. I would like to see her perform it with like no like just that war. Because yeah. I think being able to do that song is like as impressive as being able to sing like I Have Nothing by Whitney it's, Houston. Wow, it's a tour de force, isn't it? Really to be honest with you, yeah, one thing that I fucking hate X Factor and like, all those fucking stupid rap TV shows like the singing <laughs> competitions for is that everyone goes up there trying to sing Whitney Houston and like I'd say 99% of the time everyone just completely murders it's it. Oh uh, no, and it's something you'll get song like oh this is a really big song and then mm-hmm. And even if you do a good job, you're still not Whitney. Like yeah. Just... <laughs> you got to start small. It's like, that one, you... but it's that. It's I have nothing by Whitney Houston, and it's um I and I'm telling you I'm not going. Oh uh, yeah, I, and you're gonna say that as well. I, yeah. I saw, what was it? I don't even know people's names, but there was a black girl that's 15 years old that did it a fair few years ago, mm-hmm. and she and she did a good job for a 15 year old. Yeah. But this is a case of like you know it's just please let it rest. Like give us yeah. some peace, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, we need peace. It's just, I find with these reality TV shows, the singing ones, it's about how much you can impress the audience rather than the true, like, music part of it. Yeah. It's just about, oh, you know, 
and I think oh, oh God, it's not really snobby, but I think the general public their music knowledge, like technical music knowledge, is limited. Mm-hmm. So that they hear like loud, loud notes or like a high or a, a wide range, it's like oh my God, they're such a good singer kind of mm-hmm. thing. Whereas like the more sort of detailed aspects kind of go over the heads. But I find that like a lot of the singers aren't even in tune. No. Well, to be fair, a lot of professional singers aren't even in tune when they sing live. So well, true. Look at the um the example that's being set from the top. <laughs> <laughs> Shady. <laughs> no, it's true though. Um, it does sound like a moaning and, and stuff like that. But it's we we spoke about this system when we, when we recorded with Joel that um, you know, I can't even remember what I was gonna say. Well, it's about it would it would have been about like female singers, well singers, uh-huh. but we focus on focus on women, and it's about like you. I mean, you value someone's singing ability. Yeah. Like, oh. Highly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas so, I would say that I value their artistry a bit more. That's not mm-hmm. to say that obviously I don't enjoy mm-hmm. a great singer, I do. Yeah. But like that's one of the problems that we mentioned before about Jasmine Sullivan, is that I think she has an amazing voice. But I haven't always been here for the songwriting. Yeah, which is fair. I think, I think that's a fair criticism, or fair critique, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think with Jasmine as well, I've always thought... So you've seen videos when she was singing when she was younger... Mm-hmm. She has lost her voice a little bit. She can still sing, but her voice is weaker. Mm-hmm. And she has that hoarseness. I think that's actually part That's part of her sound. It's a bit distinctive. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like vocal damage rather than... Oh, what other things she's putting on. Yeah, that's the thing. Because it's... um, If you see, that there's a picture of her singing Home from the Wiz um, when she's 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is really popular on YouTube. That's uh, one of my favourite songs, you know. It's a great song. Um, but in the, in the words of Laura Roach... I don't know who wrote it, but they did what needed to be done. They did, <laughs> they did what needed to be done. But, but Jasmine Sullivan's version, which is 11, that's my favourite version I've heard of it. I've heard mm-hmm. the Stephanie Mills one. I think it was a famous one. And I've seen Whitney Houston do it live um, back in the 80s when she just came on the scene. That, that, was, but, um, that was one of the first uh, first televised performances that she did was mm, of Home. Yeah. Yeah, and she was like 17 years old. She was like yeah. so young, so thin, mm. but had that voice. Jasmine's is my favourite. The 11 year old, she ate everyone up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you hear her voice then and, and now, it's different. There's, there's like a hoarseness in her voice. Mm-hmm. Which I think I do like, but sometimes I'm thinking, oh, I wouldn't mind a bit more clarity here and there. I mean, I'm I'm in no position to critique Jasmine Sullivan's voice. She does have an incredible voice, but I, sometimes it's maybe it could be a bit more powerful. But I don't know if that's, if that's through damage, though. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, we usually do a spotlight. But I think in light of our conversation, maybe it would be a better idea kind of just to put people onto um, different places they can go for like good impartial advice on sexual health. Mm-hmm. Um, early on, I mentioned Prepster. If you Google like just that, um, just that word uh, Prepster, um, it's the first thing that comes up. So Prepster.info, Prepster about P-R-E-P-S-T-E-R. Um, there's another one, there's another website called I Want Prep Now, um, which again, um, that has, that has like really good, really good, really helpful advice on sexual health, on, on prep, how to use it, where to get it from, what it does, everything like that. So, um, good impartial advice you want on it, those are two, mm-hmm. um, those are two places to go for. Well, apart from that, I mean, I think... The subject matter has been admittedly very heavy, but I'm really glad that we've been able to have a conversation about it. Just to, no, it's, like, it's a to talk it through. Yeah, sure. I don't think that's necessarily a thing that you should 
have to deal with or be burdened with alone. Mm. So thank you for opening up to me and like being honest so we can um, have a conversation about it. No, thanks for listening. I and I just pray, yeah, I just hope that, like I said, you start, you seem all right, to be fair. I, I am, literally. It's just, um, it's been good to talk about that because the only person, the only person, well, the person to mention it to now, whoever happens to listen to this as well. Yeah. But I, need, I think I need to get it off my chest just to, because, you know, in the midst of it, you kind of think, did that actually happen? Or am yeah, I reading into it so much from yeah. that did actually happen? Like of course, yeah. The light, of may, light may, might have been off at the time, but, you know, mm-hmm. what happened, happened. And yeah. I'm just describing it as it went down. True. And it's important to acknowledge that as well. Yeah. And, like, if you do speak to this person about it, I could imagine there being a lot of gaslighting going on. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, I'm already foreseeing that. Yeah. yeah. And, like, minimising the situation. Mm. Yeah. But if you know, if you're clearing your mind as to how it went, that then it can't do that to you. Exactly, exactly. No, you're, you're 100% correct. But the most important thing in all of this, and this is not just the Kieran, but 21, is that you look after yourself, you protect your own physical, sexual, and mental health, and that needs to come above everything, above that person, above anybody else. Mm. So as long as you're doing that, then I won't be worried. Well said. But yeah, so I think on that note, we're just going to wrap things up now. Yeah, so we are Black Boy Joy Podcast. You can find us on all good streaming platform services. If you do happen to listen on Apple Music, please leave us a nice five-star review. Um, on Instagram, we are Black Boy Joy Pod. Yeah. On Twitter, we are BLK Boy Joy Pod. BLK Boy Joy Pod on Twitter. Um, the main ones we really aren't there. Email address is Black Boy Joy Pod.